Hi, and welcome to another life lesson. Last I spoke to you, I talked to you about dream, the importance of dreaming big, big dreams. I talked about some of the traits of successful leaders. You know, we're all leaders, whether it's in business or in our homes, or we're all going to be called upon to lead. And so it's important for us, I believe, to develop traits that allow us to, to be able to lead wisely and be able to lead people to a safe place. Uh, so we need to be able to implement those type of traits. One of them is you've got to have a vision. If you're going to lead, you've got to tell people where you're going. So it's a vision. Uh, you're dream and, and hopefully you've got a dream that's, that's big, uh, that's bigger than you, that, that's kind of called down the powers of heaven to help that dream come true. Because if it's small, mm. that's not, you know, let's live large. So we talked about dreaming big dream, dreaming big dreams. Now, what's next? The second trait I wrote down uh, John Hopkins to this group uh, a few years ago, these MBA graduates, was that great leaders, they don't quit on themselves. You know, have you ever heard winners never quit? I don't believe that. That hasn't been my life experience. The lesson I've learned from my life um, is that it's important to quit. Uh, because if you're, it's like a fly trying to get out of a, you know, I don't care how persistent that fly is going up against that window. He's not going to get out. Better figure out a different way to get out of that. Like, hey, let's wait for someone to open the door, you know, and I'll fly out. So great leaders, they quit on things. They never quit on themselves. But there are probably days when they even quit on themselves. They get discouraged. Um, don't, ever, don't think that leaders don't get discouraged because leadership is lonely. But they quit on things. And so as I've thought on my life, I remember um, sitting, I took the ACT score in high school. And I have yet to meet someone in now going on four years to score a lower score on the ACT. That is a college entrance exam. Guess what I got? The high score is 36. 13. 13. You have to really work hard to get a 13. I mean, that just doesn't happen. I mean, I think anybody can go in there and go A on this one, B on this one, C on this one, D on this one, probably score higher than I did. So I don't know why. I just I was in a band. I played guitar in high school. I didn't care about high school. I didn't care about my education. Um, I had other interests in high school, but I remember sitting in the in the ceremony my senior years. They were honoring my classmates with scholarships and showering praise on so many of them. And I was happy for them. I wasn't jealous because I knew I didn't deserve any of it. But I remember sitting there saying, it's okay. My time isn't yet. That's fine. I absolutely remember that. Um, but so I, I graduated from high school. I took six months. Um, well, all I learned really by the time I graduated from high school, the only thing I knew how to do was, was uh, I got my Eagle Scout and I knew how to play guitar and I, I knew how to work hard because I'd get up every summer morning and move pipe and I'd saved a few thousand dollars. And then my future brother-in-law came to my home once with uh, my sister and said, Alan, what are you going to do after high school? I said, I don't know, I'll probably go move irrigation pipe and save some money because I was going to go on a mission for my church for a couple of years. He said, you ought to consider going to Israel. Really? I'm, I've never been on a plane. 
is that like next to like Florida? So, so guess what I did? I said, okay, I don't have really much else to do. So I went to Israel, January 4th of 1978. I flew from Salt Lake to Paris, Paris to Egypt, Egypt to Jordan, and then drove up to Israel where I spent six months in Galilee and Jerusalem and, and the Dead Sea area, and my life changed. I said, wow, there's a world out there. Um, and so it opened me up. Uh, but after, after, after I went on that experience, I went on a mission for two years, came back, and I went to college, and I ended up graduating from BYU with, I think, about a 3-4, which for a kid with a 13 ACT, I completely changed my life. And all of a sudden, things that, that weren't important were important to me now. And that's the same with you. You've had seasons. We all have seasons in our lives. But I think, okay, what did I quit? I quit playing guitar. I quit skiing. I quit a lot of things and I started focusing on a career. I got married, had some kids, and man, I worked hard because I said, I've got I've to outwork everybody else because I'm not as smart as any of these people. So I worked hard and I started, I got myself through college by selling snow cones, actually shaved ice. My brother and I opened about 20 of these snow shacks in Utah in the summer. We would sell shaved ice for like a dollar a piece. And that went pretty good, got me through college. And then we opened, I opened a diet center in Illinois because my dad co-signed on a loan. And then I sold those. And then I opened up some uh, a Dutch ice in Las Vegas that, that completely went out of business and I lost all my savings. And so I quit on that. And then I, I went back in my shell, my entrepreneurial, you know, my vision of being an entrepreneur kind of faded because I lost all my money at the age of about 25. I thought I was so smart, you know, <laughs> and I wasn't. And then I took a job with a make company in St. Louis, and I was out there for about a year, and I quit. I said, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not made for corporate America. Then I moved back to Rexburg, Idaho, and I took over my dad's clothing store, and I quit. Um, and then I took a job at Rick's College uh, to go out and talk to, in Rexburg, Idaho, where I grew up, to talk to high school seniors about the importance of college. I, I never told him I got a 13 on the ACT. How I got that job, I don't know. Uh, but I went and did that, and I quit. Um, I've had 12 careers since college. And you can say, well, I might even say, man, what a loser, you know? Can't you find something and stick with it? Don't you have any persistence, any determination, any commitment? Um, I was committed to win. I was, committing to, I was committed to find out what I felt I was born to do. And my mother, I love her dearly, but I, I remember she called me once and said, Down, when are you going to find something and stick with it? And I said, when I feel like I found what I was born to do, but I'm not willing to compromise my life. I value life. I value this existence. I'm not going to waste it in mediocrity. I want to live at large, as large as I can. And so I quit on things because they weren't serving me well. I was the fly, you know. Get tired of it. Do I really want to work in St. Louis for the make company all my life? No, I didn't. And, and so forth and so on. So I've had 12 careers. So don't ever let anybody say to you, you know, winners never quit. Because I, I went on from that to getting involved with, as a distributor for NewSkin. Not a very successful one, but I cut my teeth in networking. From there to Gentle Earth a company that had environmentally safe household cleaning products. The problem with that is we didn't have any money. 
And the other big problem is that we would sell them a quart of something that would last like 36 years because it was environmentally safe, you know? So people would never reorder. And they loved it, but they said, we'll call you in like 2030 for our next, for our next quart. So that didn't work. And from there, I went to USANA and, and we built that from zero to over 100 million in eight years. And that's where I feel like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I've found something. And then from there, I left um, and did a couple of other false starts. And I just didn't fit, it didn't fit. I took a job with another networking company, it didn't fit. Then I took a job with another one. And the people, see the people is more, that's more important than the product. You've got to have good chemistry. And so I was lost. And I got married and I got, I met Carrie and we got married and had eight kids and I was broke. And I thought, man, I've got to figure something out. And then we started Monarch Health Sciences the precursor of Monavi. And we pretty much ran out of money. And then we were like a couple months away. And then I said, God, I need your help. And got on our, on our knees and made some commitments. And a week later, someone brought me a Berry. And then in 2005, in January, so 10 years ago this month, we launched Monavi and took them from zero to almost a billion dollars. So how did that all happen? Were those so-called failures, not of more failures. Don't, don't consider your experiences of failures. They're experiences that prepare you for your greatness. So these experiences that others would classify perhaps as failures, to me I never did. I said, it, it led me, it opened a door. You know, what did I learn from that experience? And how can I not repeat that experience? Or what can I take into the next experience? And that's what I've tried to do all along the way. So that when, when putting it in a spiritual perspective, say that so when when God you know I feel like sometimes I'm this stone and we're all this piece of stone and God is carving this you know and sometimes it's painful you know he's making this great piece of art and uh, it's not easy it doesn't look very good in the beginning but man when he's done there's some pretty amazing things some miraculous things so I'm grateful for all of those experiences so what's a trait of a great leader they don't quit on themselves never one time did I quit on myself I beat myself up a few times. Um, I was I was angry at myself many times, disappointed in myself as I let myself down. But I never stopped believing that God birthed me to do something important. He had a mission for me, and I was in search for that, and I found it. And my gift is I love people. I love connecting. I love um, talking about my faith because of my experiences of being down. And that's a lesson for another day. But so, the second important trait of great leaders, besides dreaming, the ability to dream a big dream, is two, that they learn to quit on things. They never quit on themselves. Don't you ever quit on yourself. Don't you ever buy into anybody who says that you're not worthy, that you weren't born for greatness. Because my message to you is that a kid from Idaho who scored an eighth at 13 on the ACT can do it as far as from a business standpoint to become an entrepreneur of the year for Ernst & Young or whatever to have an amazing wife and children and help build a company around the world you can too you gotta dream the big dream and you gotta maybe quit on some things but don't quit on yourself that's the life lesson for today God bless you you can do it